Welcome everybody to the season two premiere of Is the Viz Podcast. I'm your host, Izzy, and I'm back with my best friend Amaya, who was on uh, quite a few of the episodes last season. <laughs> so um how, how have you been? It's been what seven months since we've last done this? Has it been seven months? Yeah, this is the last episode we did was back in April. It's November now. Time really flies. <laughs> Things have been I guess good overall. And then my senior year of college here at Georgia State. Mm -hmm. I will say the semester has been more challenging than others, possibly because I have three classes on one day. So throughout mm -hmm. the semester, it's been a challenge trying to figure out when to do the work for which classes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really been, uh, I won't say struggle because it's not like because, you know, the work gets done. The work has gotten done. I mean, I've kept up with most things and my grades are pretty okay. And like, I'm not feeling mm -hmm. anything as far as I know, but it has been a bit of a challenge. And I, when I did that, I was registering classes. When I got everything, I looked at my schedule. I was like, huh, I got three classes on one day. <laughs> you one of those people. Because I used to hear right. classes like that. And I used to lightly mock them like why would you do that to yourself and now that's about to be me <laughs> i was saying this semester is really going to put my time management skills to the test to the test yeah yeah it's one of my multiple toxic traits i'm not always the best when it comes to time management like today for instance mm -hmm. i was like have an essay that's due next week and a book review mm -hmm. due next week and i gotta oh. somehow do both so i may not get much sleep we'll see we'll see like i said the work will get done all that to say one next semester my final semester my number one criteria is i'm not taking anything past 5 p.m because this is the first semester i've also Holy. had two classes at 5 30 which get out at 6 45 so i get back to my house my dorm every day about seven yeah then bedtime alarm will go off at 10 I still have to eat and I got, I want to do a little bit of homework. So. Right. Right. Next, next semester, we're going to be a bit more proactive. Also trying to split my stuff up throughout yeah. the week. So I'm not booked completely on, you know, two days out the week. Right. But uh, my lab that used to meet every Friday, we didn't meet this Friday. So I had to do everything mm -hmm. online. So I'm not meeting there anymore. So now I have my Fridays back. <laughs> yes, I can yeah, sleep Friday. Get a jump on work. Yeah, I remember the struggle of having multiple classes in one day. I think I had like three classes in one day, uh, first semester of my sophomore year. And that year I had nothing before 11 o'clock, nothing after 4.45. So I definitely get the gist of having to manage multiple classes in one day. Plus having time to eat and study and do homework, just micromanaging so many things all at once. So, but you're almost done. So, you know, give yourself a round of applause for that. Yes, almost done. Now, as for me, this is my first time being out of college. You know, this is my first episode now, now, now that I'm not a full-time college student anymore. I'm officially a college graduate. First generation college graduate at that. So yes. So I'm 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 very happy about that. Um and and now that um I'll I'll be lying to you if I said I knew what I was doing, if I knew exactly what I wanted to do specifically because my mind is just all over the place. I have so many different aspirations, so many avenues I could go down. I mean, this is these are things that we've discussed, you know, within the last season on multiple occasions. So now that I'm out, it's basically just putting, you know, in, you know, 
action in the plan, a plan in the action, basically. Don't forget to rest. Like, remember, you just grinded for about four years. You transferred yeah. schools like me, had to go to school during the pandemic, mm-hmm. then getting used to going to school still during the pandemic. But things are different. Like, yeah, we're in person, but we're wearing masks most of the time. So feel free yeah. to take the time to rest. Our generation has been through a lot these last oh, three to four years. Definitely. Oh, so, yeah. with I've sent you stuff so saying, many deaths. If it's okay yes. if you don't quite know what it is you want to do right now, yeah. it's okay. Like I said, well, I like, think it's different. I'm probably gonna sleep mm-hmm. for a solid week. Like I'm just not yeah. gonna do anything. Yeah, I, I think it's different with you know older generations because I think for them they were able to just kind of like jump right into it, and if they didn't, they just they kind of had like a backup plan. And I'm saying that our generation doesn't. It's just I think a lot of us. Um, we we try to weigh out our options before we go forward with doing things. I know that's exactly how I am. And sometimes I beat myself up about it because I feel like I'm not being as proactive or taking as much initiative as I should when it comes to things that I want to pursue or, you know, just doing, you know, the very minor things to get to where I want to get to. But as far as the rest, I, I feel like I've been getting a lot of that, probably a little too much because, you know, I'm still not working yet. I still haven't landed anything yet. So it's just, you know, just been a grind, just applying for jobs or finding opportunities that align with what I majored in and what I'm interested in, like what really interests me, what I'm really passionate about and you know, the the search is a lot harder than what most people give credit for, to be honest. I mean, applying for jobs is probably the most minor thing a person can do. But actually taking the time to really examine your options, examine the companies that you want to work for, their values, who works there, who you should reach out to and networking. That's a hustle in itself. It's it's not easy at all. I mean, for some people it is if you're a super outgoing person and you know people that know people and you just put yourself out there. But for some people, it can be very hard. So that's kind of like why I want to jump into this question with you. Now that you're literally on the precipice of graduating, like what is it that you're most looking forward to in how do you think you can start now, I guess, to prepare yourself for life after graduation? I'd say I'm most looking forward to actually having more time to potentially start focusing on my projects and getting them to the next phase. You know, every time when I go home for break, or whenever I have time, to work on stuff, I end up not doing it. I end up kind of just watching stuff on my phone, partly because I do enjoy watching stuff on my phone, being all cozied up in my bed. Okay. But also just because, because like most of the time I'm focused so much on schoolwork that I kind of don't want to have to think about doing anything remotely similar to that. Like writing, it's great. It's great to write, but also getting stuff out on the page can be exhausting. Right. So hopefully after I graduate, I will actually be able to do, like put more time and attention into nurturing my passions without in the back of my head knowing, well, you actually have this to do for class. This has to be, this is due soon. Make sure you do this, you know. Yeah. My, my stepfather told me that I should get a personal assistant <laughs> to encourage me to, to encourage me to actually write. I could also probably use one right. to tell me to go to bed on time because oh, honestly, I probably will just have that forever. Ever since I was a little kid, I was a night owl. I like staying up late. I can't tell you why I like staying up late. I just do. And yet when I'm asleep and I'm really good at sleep, I will turn the snooze button, hit snooze button. I will sleep in. It's a weird. That sounds like me. 
It's such a weird thing. I will stay up late knowing full well I have to, my alarm will go off at seven o'clock. Exactly. And when I'm getting that good sleep, I will go back. I can yeah. literally sleep all day, but I eventually get up because, like, okay, you've been bed all day. Gotta eat. Gotta something else because yeah. you've been in bed all day. And especially now that you're still in school, it's like, yeah, I still gotta do school work too. Always today, and I was gonna do wash clothes. I don't mind washing clothes later, that's fine, but yeah, also I'm going somewhere tomorrow, so it's like, uh, <laughs> so uh, like said, I'm what, what sleep. Sleep. that's fine, yeah. I guess sleep is, I guess, is not for us anymore. I guess, oh, when I was at SCAD, some people took. The acronym Savannah College of Art and Design, they took mm-hmm. that and they turned it into Sleep Comes After Death. <laughs> <laughs> because for some of the majors at SCAD, so my friend Taylor, she was a double major. She majored mm-hmm. in film and TV as well as animation. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, you really didn't get sleep at all. Did you say, like, no? Right. I didn't get sleep. Like, some majors just like animation. I'm just hearing animation, and that's a process in itself. <laughs> Like, my major was writing. And I'd say that, right. you know, I got pretty, I'd say my sleep schedule was pretty consistent. I tried to force myself to go to sleep. There was one night I was staying up late to work on a project for Design 3D. Mm-hmm. So, freshman year, I had 8 a.m. classes. Oh. Sophomore year, too. Like, yeah, we had 8 a.m. classes. And, in fact, my sophomore year, my final quarter at SCAD, when I would get dropped off at the train station to ride the train mm-hmm. up to Art Center, that was, I would get to school before the sun came up. Like, it's still wow. dark outside. Yeah. It was right. still dark outside. So, yeah, for an 8 a.m. art history class, mm-hmm. we get 8 a.m.s when I would have my alarm go off at 5 a.m. in the morning to wake me up because I like to get breakfast. I'm a big breakfast person. Right. I breakfast food. But I remember I was up till about 2 o'clock in the morning working on a project for Design 3D. Mm-hmm. At 2 o'clock, I call it, all right, going to bed. I finished right. it. I finally finished it. Okay, it's 2 a.m. Okay, I'm going to go to bed. Three hours later, I get up, go to the motions, I get breakfast, I go to the bus, and I'm in there in class, and I say to my friend Shay, I'm just like, I can't do this again. Yeah, this is just too I much. I remember I had an 8 a.m. class my very first semester of college, my freshman year. It was P.E. Hated it. Not not because it was PE, but because it was an eight AM class, and I had to take PM in the morning. Why were you taking PE in college? Be, I don't know. I guess that's how it was when I was at Wingate. You know, there North Carolina's school system is different from Georgia's university system, so I guess they felt like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna put y'all in general ed classes, and PE is gonna be one of them. And I mean, I could have opted out to have another time for PE, but I guess I wasn't, I guess I wasn't thinking too much about that at the time, but I made it through, you know, I suffered a few absences because I wanted more sleep, but (laughs) you know, it is what it is. You know, they say C's get degrees too. So get that degree by any means necessary, as long as you're not flunking anything. Yep. Make it till you make it. Finesse. Finesse is the way of the game. Oh, yeah. Somebody actually told me that before I even entered college. They were like, you know, the key to college is just finessing. So I think every college student does that to some degree. It really is. And the thing is, in high school, they tell you that certain things aren't going to fly. Right. And yet when you get to college, like majority of my professors have been chill as hell. Exactly. Like, They've been very courteous. They'll tell you if you need an extension for something, if you are gone for anything, let me know. We'll work something out. So exactly. Like, all that stress y'all tried to give us, it's like that, it's not there. Talking about if you're late to class, the professor won't let you in. They'll lock the door, slam it in your face. I'm like, I've been late to class quite a few times in college, and I've that's never happened to me. No, doors maybe open. it might have happened to y'all. But I feel like times have changed significantly. A lot of students now, fortunately, don't have to deal with that. Yeah, don't project your trauma on me. Yeah. 
It's not, it's not even necessary. And um, I know one of the major things that we're going to touch on a lot uh, with this season is basically our transition from being full-time college students going into adulthood. So I would like to know from you, like, like what, what are your thoughts on, you know, entering adulthood? It's, it creates a mixed bag of emotions. And I would extend that to graduation as well, because on the one hand, I am excited to finally be done with my schooling. A lot's happened. A lot of that I didn't plan. I didn't plan on transferring schools, like partway into my sophomore year. I didn't plan on going to school during a pandemic. I didn't plan on flunking a class and having to retake it. Yet here I am. I got my degree. Right. About to get my degree, but also it's just this anxiety and fear about okay, what are you going to do? And this question has been posed to me, like. It's not a question, but it's been brought up to me when I tell people, you know, as you know, I'm an English major with a a creation concentration in creative writing. And I want to be I keep telling people I've shifted my focus, said screenwriting. That is what I primarily want to do. I got projects that I think could make great short films or feature length films. I have a screenplay that I started back at SCAD that I think that I want to adapt into a full length play. Right. And, all that. and people are asking, okay, we're saying, okay, it sounds good, but how are you going to start laying the foundation for that? How do you, how are you going to start doing that? You know, I've talked to my dad and my uncle who are both in the entertainment industry to some extent. My uncle is an actor this year. I believe this year he actually got his SAG after card which is, you know, it's wow. great like the actors union. I'm pretty sure it's for everyone in the entertainment industry, but like, that's a, it's a union. So he got his card. So it's like, yeah, I've asked them, right. you think I should get an agent? Like, yeah, you should at some point, but really it's starting to lay down the foundation towards that step. You know, I have my inspirations. You got Issa Rae, Shonda Rhimes, Tyler Perry. So it's like, just, how do I get to that next step? First and foremost, I got to finish. I have to finish the stuff that I've started. I got to finish, finish the, the actual story. work that you started on. Yeah, I got to finish it. So I got to get to that. And then also, mm-hmm. I guess, start finding people to potentially right. put this up with. But also doing something that's going to pay my bills. That's something that my mom has talked to me about a couple of times. She... Mm-hmm. Like, I got to say this, my entire family, my mom, my stepdad, my dad, everybody, they support me. They mm-hmm. believe in what I what I want to do. My mom said, we all know that you that you a good writer. We know this. Right. She just wants me to be able to take care of myself. Because, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah you know, that's I, the... I think the sentiment has always existed for artists, but especially in this day and age, especially like in the post-rent days, Making a living right. as an artist is very difficult. It is. It's difficult. It's not guaranteed that you're going to make money. So you got to find some way to pay your bills, to eat, keep food on the table. Thankfully, when I graduate, I will be going back home and I will be welcome back. You know, well, I'm just like, I was just kidding about the whole kicking out. You can come back. Right. Because I guess a lot of us thought like we would be independent by now but a lot of us are still living at home with our families and it's not necessarily a bad thing it's actually a really good thing when you think about it especially if you have a really supportive family like you were saying you have a very supportive family that you know they are going to allow you to come back home and stay as long as you need to you know get everything together you know your finances so that when it's time for you to move out on your own it's not a hassle or a struggle by by those means. So I'm I'm kind of in that same situation, but I low-key think my parents want to, like, they want me to leave. <laughs> I think they want me to get out low-key, but they, they haven't really said it much. But, I mean, kind of want to get out, too. But, um... I do, too. Eventually, I want to, but I want to have a plan. Like, exactly. I get out there and move on my own. Move out on my own, and then every day wondering 
how am I going to take care of myself? How, what am I about to do? So for exactly. one thing, I want to rebuild my savings. You know, I like my financial situation right now. Personally, it's not the best. I've halted payments on my December loan until I graduate. So when I graduate, I got to start dealing with that again. So I'm going yeah. to need a job. I'm going to need a job. Yeah. Probably have to get something near my house because at this current date and time, I don't yet have a license or a car, even though I told myself that I'm going to get my license at or around graduation because by then yeah. I'll have way more time to practice driving. And even though it's not... Like they haven't, like my mom has said, you know, like, like, don't beat yourself up about it. Take it, get, like, get your license when you feel ready for the life I want to have and the things I want to do. And me being a person who likes to go out and do things, I'm going to a car, a license. Yes, we have Uber. Yes, we have Lyft. That gets expensive. It does. Take it from me. I've taken way too many Ubers within the last. When I went with my friend Katie to Miami, that was how we got around because neither of us drive. That was our. Right. That was how we got around. If we couldn't, yeah. if it was anywhere that we could walk to, we Ubered, mm-hmm. lifted, and it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I I don't know how to drive yet myself. I've started, you know, learning and practicing with my mom and, ooh. But let's just say those sessions needed some Jesus. <laughs> oh no, my mom, she doesn't have the patience for it. So on my lessons yeah. with my stepdad, he's a lot more chill. Yeah, my anxiety is not as high when it comes to driving mm-hmm. when I'm with him. So I get it. Yeah. Like when I first started driving uh with my mom, like we go to this park that's not too far away from where we stay. And though like I say within the first two weeks of driving, you know, it was definitely a process of like getting used to being behind the wheel. It was a lot of fear and anxiety, a lot of harsh stops when I would, you know, break or when I would do the turns and sometimes forgetting to put my signal light on or check the side view mirrors or the rear view mirror to see if there was any incoming traffic. So I wasn't actually out on the street just like in this open park area where we just drive around and mind you the space that we usually drive at is like kind of rough and um like it's kind of rocky i guess you could say so it's very difficult in that sense but on the weekends specifically saturdays we go out to fairville pavilion where uh like where it's not as much like incoming traffic in the morning and we just drive around the little uh, marketplace. Um, We do the different turns, uh, break, you know, just the usual stuff. And one time I actually did get out on the street and drive. It was a little, it was a little nerve wracking, but I I did do pretty good on that. But yeah, I definitely want to get my license and get up out of here and start hanging out and doing stuff that normal 20-somethings do, you know, especially when it comes to hanging out with friends or just getting from point A to point B, you know, no hassle or having to worry about asking your parents if they'll drop you off or going to the train station, waiting for the bus. I just want my own car. I told my friends, when I get my license, I'm going to pick them all up for like a late night Waffle House oh, yeah. <laughs> breakfast, like 1 a.m. We're going to Waffle House. Almost like y'all are coming from the club or something. Or prom. Both proms. Afterwards, we went to Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Junior year, my dad took me. He was my, not my date, but he took me to prom and he picked me up. I didn't have a date junior year. Uh, chauffeur. Oh, chaperone. Yeah. Eh, no chauffeur. Yeah, yeah, basically, you know, we like he took me to prom, and then afterwards, he picked me up, took me to Waffle House, and then we went. He dropped me off at home. Senior year, a bunch of us, we went to Waffle House afterwards. He, my date, Io, he dropped me off at home. Then he dropped my friend Namoga off at home before he went home. So yeah, Waffle House uh-huh. is a perfect after party spot. Yeah, everybody seems to go crazy over IHOP. I mean, it's it's okay, but it's not really my cup of tea. I'm more of an IHOP person myself. I like both. I like breakfast food. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, IHOPs are 
scattered, whereas Waffle Houses, there's one like every what twenty or hundred miles or so. Like you can yes, find more. Literally houses. went on like every block. I know there are like two Waffle Houses that are not too far away from each other, kind of like on the same strip, just like on separate corners. So it's it's just a lot of them out there. Um. And then I kind of want to discuss, I guess for me, well, I totally forgot to mention to everyone that's listening, uh, when we did the introduction, I, I didn't even didn't even mention my study abroad experience yes. at all. Tell us about, tell them about Ireland. Tell them about yeah, Ireland. so I, for those of you that don't know, I was actually in Ireland for three weeks this summer, in June, actually. So almost the entire month of June, I was in Ireland and I participated in a program called Art and Conflict Filmmaking in Ireland, where basically we were there with two program leaders, one who's actually a part of the film and media uh, major at Georgia State. And it was 17 of us total. And within the first week, we were assigned uh, 24 hours to write our own three to four page um, script for uh, potentially getting our own short film. So everyone, like we all did that. Um, all of them were read out loud in class and we all had to take a sticky note and write down our top five choices and whichever, you know, the top five had the most votes. Those were the ones that were greenlit for production so mine didn't get chosen initially and i wasn't disappointed because i was still you know very much in awe about the reaction so i was like okay well it didn't get chosen but they gave us the opportunity to participate in the other productions in different aspects whether it be acting uh wardrobe uh, uh, being a producer director um like a assistant director, just the different uh, technical production roles. So there was this one play that I auditioned for and they all had us read for different roles. Like we were pretty much like on, um, it's like this little podium that was in the classroom and it was like five of us and we had to read for each part. They did it differently each time. So each of us had like different roles and they would narrow it down to maybe like three and say, okay, well, we're going to grab this person, this person, and this person and see how you all read together for these roles. And I guess I thought I did pretty, you know, decent because I'm, I'm not a professional actor yet. It's something that I'm working towards. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, just go in there and I'm going to do the best that I can. And needless to say, I didn't. I, I wasn't picked up as one of the actors, which was very disappointing because I did want like a major speaking role, but I didn't get one. So I was like, mm. but, you know, I did have my other production roles to to fall back on and moment of truth. Around the time we were about to start production for the short films, I, along with a few of my other group members, ended up catching COVID. So that kind of stifled everything for a while. I was like, if I knew that I was going to get COVID, why would I, you know, travel all of this way just to have this happen? I was like, I want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. It's just, uh, like, what's, like, what's going on? But I think afterwards, like, when my program director came to me and she was like, I hate that this has all happened to you. And, you know, just to make sure that you're not out of the loop and you're still getting your credit because study abroad is technically college credit. She said, to make sure that you're still getting your credit, I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to give you and everybody else more, you know, production roles. And she greenlit me and another student script for, um, for the uh f for the film so i was like okay oh, great 
Yeah. And I, I just, it came when I least expected it. So I was just like, wow, maybe God might've done that on purpose. So I could have this moment because now what's happening is the, the short film that, uh, that I wrote and actually had a chance to star in, we're actually shipping it out to different film festivals right now. So that it, yeah. Yeah, we're in the process of putting some stuff together. So it's so cool. Yeah, and I mean, aside from that, um, I got a chance to interact with some really great uh, filmmakers, um, Lawrence McCohen and Juanita Wilson. They were very instrumental, pretty much like the entire time we were there. You know, they opened up to us about their experiences. Um, you know. They, how they got their start in cinematography, just basically dropping jewels for us to follow. And yeah, and then of course, you know, we took a lot of day trips. We uh, went to Galway City. Um, we were at Odyssey Pavilion. I think they had like the little Titanic boat there. I took pictures in front of that. Uh, we went to uh, uh, Giants Call, Causeway where they have like these, um, I forget what you call them, but it's like these things that you can walk on, but it was so like rainy and slippery outside. So we had to be very careful walking up and down and not getting hurt. But it was cool because we were able to see like the water and take pictures. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And we also got a chance to do a studio tour of the Game of Thrones uh, studio set. I don't think that's where they uh, like film the show, but it's basically just a studio tour. So that that was a lot of fun. I took a lot of pictures, a lot of videos, uh, shared with friends and family, shared on social media. Um, I definitely look forward to going back to Ireland. It's very green and pretty down there, uh, partially because it rains a lot. So... There's a lot. Well, I really hope we get the chance. Then went down in Ireland, <laughs> and that was also my first time traveling internationally. So to be able to do that, like be the first person in my immediate family outside of my mother and my grandmother and my aunt Valerie, of course, to travel, that was that was amazing. I'm so happy for you, Izzy. That I, I I really didn't even expect it to happen, and it's kind of fast. It's kind of crazy how fast life works. Because going into this year, I remember saying something the very first episode we did at the beginning of this year. I said, "Well, if I manage to study abroad, great. If I don't, then you know I, that's okay. I have the rest of my life to travel." But it was almost like I was speaking it into existence and didn't even know it. But I know for you, like, I know you're trying to. Yeah, but I know for you, you're trying to study abroad too, correct? Yes, I got accepted to the program. I got accepted. I didn't tell you. Let me do it. Yeah, I had to be dramatic for a second. I don't think did I tell you? Did you define it? No, just you didn't tell me. I am so sorry. I told I told my parents, told everyone, of course, when I was like, now I gotta get a job to pay for it. I was like, I was applying for financial aid. Yeah. And there are scholarships. Exactly. Now see, I'm pretty sure you have a great GPA standing. So with that, I know they're gonna you know recommend well, I would say you're already in the running for I think it's the IEF scholarship, the International Education Fee Scholarship. That's one of the same scholarships that I was uh, a candidate for and actually received. So, Yay. yeah. And um, there's also the Benjamin A. Gilman International Scholarship, which I applied for. And that that was uh, pretty much the bulk of, you know, paying for my study abroad program. And that that was a 
that was a process in itself, having to do the standard application form and then three essays on top of that and Ugh. pulling everything together in such short time. It was a lot. Not looking forward to having to do essays for scholarship applications. I get it, but also I'm just like, yeah. can I just plead my case to you? Yeah. Can I just put my name in the running and then hope to get money? Right. But I mean, I feel like it's a great opportunity to go after anyway. I'll, if you want to apply for it, which I recommend you do, I'll help you. Oh, thanks. You're I'll welcome. look up and see. I have the sheet that has them all on there. I just really hope that deadlines have not passed or they're not too soon so I can potentially start workshopping the essay I wrote already or write something new really quickly. It's just, I need a clone. I need a clone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess we can move into our special segment. We're going to start doing a segment on the show or at least try to implement them a little bit more. So um, this segment is called The Biz On, and it's basically a little segment where we get to know more about someone or something. So for this episode, any new listeners uh, that are here, um, I'm going to, Amaya and I are going to ask each other a series of questions so you guys can get to know us a little bit more and maybe even we can learn a little bit more about each other. Yep. So I'm going to go first. Plus years now, but we're still learning about each other. Absolutely. So I'm going to get started. I'm going to ask you these questions first. So my first question is, what were you like as a child? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm learning more than I was an interesting little child. Mm-hmm. I still am. I was a very imaginative little child. I was an only child until I was five years old. And because I had mostly single parents for a good portion of my life, I was either being at my dad's rehearsals for his things, he's a dancer, actor, choreographer, so I was always at rehearsal with him, or I was at my granny's house because this is back when my mom was still working in the restaurant industry. I would be at home with her. So essentially, I was a child who knew how to entertain themselves. Oh, wow. Loved to color, had tapes, had Disney tapes, so I just watched those all the time playing pretend play dress up i had these disney princess costumes that i adored wearing i had one i don't remember wearing it i don't remember having it but i can see myself whenever my mom tells me these memories or tells me these things i had this a snow white costume with shoes to match and i'd want to wear it everywhere and i try to wear it to the grocery store of course, my mom says, you can't wear that to the grocery store. But then my granny would say, just let her wear it. Just let her wear it. Right. So, yeah, I wear that everywhere. But like I said, I was active. I loved playing outside. Mm-hmm. I was a sensitive child, mm-hmm. yeah, especially in like fifth grade. If you said too many mean things about me, I'd cry. Then right. people used to make fun of me for that. Like, you know, like you're so sensitive. I got bullied. I can believe it, like different stages of my life, got really severe in second grade. And I got to the point where I told my parents about it. Yeah, this girl in my class, her name was Sierra Fudd. She gave me the hardest time. I told my parents about what was happening. And then they said, you should tell your teacher. So I told my teacher. And I remember the day my teacher talked to her and she started breaking down. And I don't know if I felt joy during that, but hey. But interestingly, I got a friend out of that because a kid in my class named Rico, he he used to be really mean to me. He apologized, and then we became friends. Yeah, pretty amazing. Like I said, I got bullied in fifth grade. Didn't really get bullied in seventh or eighth grade, but just people would say things about me that just them being really the nicest. Not even that, it's just. So I, I used to read like way more back in middle school and high school. And back when we were, we'd go to class, I was constantly like this. Had my face down in the book, we're walking to class, walking to lunch, where we're going. And then I'd hear people, so people ask me, why are you reading all the time? Like, I like to read. 
So not really bullying, but just like, you know, little comments like that. And then yeah. in high school was easier. So all in all, I was an imaginative, energetic child who was a big dreamer. And I'm thankful to say that a lot of those characteristics have carried on into <laughs> what I presently am. But again, also weird. I think I've always been just this weird little kid. Oh, Lord. Uh, one memory that my family has of me, my granny had some chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. And I saw them. I don't remember this. I've been told that I did this. I yeah. saw them. And I put my hand out like this. And I just started mm-hmm. doing this. And I was like, thanks, thanks. Like, no one offered you anything. And so my family started telling me, good old thanks. Like, that's <laughs> just like literally, last time my uncle was here, he was here a couple weeks back for Morehouse's homecoming, you know, the AUC's homecoming. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were, we were at, we went to the battery to a place up there called Goldberg's. We were, about to leave like having like after we just ate and my grandma told that story again i'm just like sitting here i don't remember doing that <laughs> i don't remember this but i'm happy to hear i'm happy to hear what a, what a character i was but yeah i don't remember that <laughs> so um what are some things you enjoyed doing in your free time mostly watching stuff on my phone i'm Back, I bounce back and forth between watching YouTube videos, usually things I've watched over and over again, like stuff I've saved to my favorites or things that I've recently discovered. So there's an Architectural Digest, you know, the magazine. I start watching videos where an architect will look at different buildings, whether they're in real life or movies, and go over some of the characteristics of them. I have multiple shows on Hulu and Netflix that I've started and need to get back to. Got movies that I plan on watching that I need to get back to or need to finish or probably mm-hmm. going to start over. So last night I was watching this Netflix documentary. It's called Is That Black Enough For You? And it's mm-hmm. about how the movies of the 1970s, 1960s, 1970s, really changed the landscape of film in regard and black people's contributions to those movies. So the 1970s was the era of the black exploitation movies. These are movies that were usually written, produced, directed, and starred majority black people. Right. And just looking at that and kind of in a similar vein to they've got to have us, which looks at black people's representation. I've, in, I've, I've watched it like two, three times. It's not Netflix anymore, hmm. sadly, but oh, yeah, man. just basically looking at, our presence in film from the early days of film to the present and where it could potentially right. go. So in a similar vein, like everyone, like anyone who's anyone as far as like in black film so far has been in, mm. was in that. I've seen Samuel L. Jackson, Glenn Turman, Margaret Avery, mm. Lawrence Fishburne, Harry Belafonte, who yeah. thankfully he's still with us. He's still, still alive. So yeah. I know. I don't want to jinx it. But I'm so thankful he's still with us. There aren't that many <laughs> black figures from the golden age of cinema who are still with us. Like we lost Sidney Poitier what, earlier this year, last year. You said uh, Sidney Poitier? Yeah, I think it was like earlier this year he passed away. Yeah, either earlier this year or uh, late last year. I, yeah, I can't so remember, but I know it's been about a year now. Yeah, so it's like we don't really have any icons from that era who are still. Yeah with us like that man is in his 90s and he still yeah. looks he looks pretty good for himself james earl jones is like, still alive yes and too oh my god he just got a theater named after him wow yeah one of the theaters up in new york i forgot what it was formerly called but it's now the james earl jones theater lena horn she just got one named after her up there mm-hmm. but yeah i was watching that last night but i started to fall asleep so i'm gonna have to rewatch it and just watch the whole thing because what I was doing was I was watching it but then I would open up my notes and any people in the movie who were talking who I'd never heard of I write their name down any movies that they were discussing that I never heard of I write them down to hopefully find later right. so I think I'm just gonna do this like watch it again watch the whole thing start to finish mm-hmm. 
then later go back and take notes. But mostly, yeah. yeah, mostly just watch movies and TVs. I'm trying to get back into reading. I started reading Cersei, and I have to take a break until things cool down. I'm going to try to read like at least one to two books over Thanksgiving break. That's a challenge I'm going to give to myself. Yeah. That's mostly, that's mostly, that's mostly how I spend my free time. Okay. When I don't have, mm-hmm. when I don't, I'm not working on schoolwork because that too, I mean, always working on something because something's always. Yeah. Different. Yeah, that, that's true. Okay. So I have three more questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess you can answer these, I guess, as quickly as you can. Okay. So, um, this question is like, what what do you like most about yourself? I like how optimistic I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always thinking of the best case scenarios. Granted, I can spiral too. I can think of the worst case situations. But for the most part, I'm always, you know, the one saying things are going to get better. This too shall pass. Yeah. It's going to be okay. You know, Tomorrow is a better day. Yeah. So, Basically okay. looking at the glass half full. Yes. Yeah. Um, where do you, where do you see yourself within the next five to ten years, personally and professionally? Okay. So, twenty seven to thirty two. Hopefully, have a really good paying job. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in a nice uh, home. I told myself I want to play the apartment game for as long as I can before I try to buy a house. You know, because I do want to travel both nationally and internationally. I would like to go back to New York at some point. want to go out and see more of the West Coast. like to live internationally. Maybe I'll get a job where I'm being paid to basically go somewhere and write. Or just maybe my own projects take me across the country, out of the country. Hopefully by then, if nothing's been published or produced yet, we're in the final stages of me mounting something. Because what I'm realizing is that there really is no time limit to you making it big in the industry. One of the women, she sadly passed away now, but one of the women in Black Panther, she was the leader of the merchant tribe, that older woman. That was her film debut. And I think she was like 91. Wow. Imagine you're making your film debut at 91. It is never, it's never too late. It's never too late. So that's where nah, I, I just couldn't imagine myself being. I, I don't think I would want to wait until '91 to make my film debut. Well, but it's like I, it's timing. Like she's probably has been in the industry. She probably has doing like we don't know what she's been doing up until then. But you know, she probably was still hustling, like doing whatever she could, taking those gigs, taking those little bit parts, whatever she could do. And then, just like her film debut was probably in the one of the biggest superhero films of all time, and then. Right our community just like one of the biggest movies that means something to black people like right like come on yeah, i know they're doing a follow-up now oh i had a friend he, he saw it he cried twice wow yep. i, I mean the see. whole mood of it has just changed now that we no longer have chadwick boseman it still hurts. I think it's going to hurt forever. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my last question. What is your ideal vacation? It could, mean, it could be the location, the people that are on it, the activities you want to do. Like what, like, what do you envision your ideal vacation being? Tropical island. Mm-hmm. It can be in the Caribbean, so it can be Jamaica, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Bahamas. It can be out in like the Pacific. I would like to go to the Maldives one day. But honestly, picturesque sunsets, white sandy beaches, crystal blue waters. I'm trying to go snorkeling. I'm trying to go scuba diving. Like literally, like the sandals and the beaches commercials. Yes, yes. with the <laughs> with the little hat. And the margaritas, uh-huh. or some type I don't of drink. drink like that, but the food, or maybe oh, like food. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's my dream vacation. Either that, or we spend like a week at Disney. Oh, well, we just pretty much explore every every ride, every uh-huh. event they have there. 
Pandora. The last time I went to Disney, the last two times I went to Disney, I was not able mm-hmm. to go to Pandora. I was not able to ride a Banshee. And Avatar oh, is one of my favorite movies. So the next time yeah. I go to Disney, I'm going. I'll wait in the lines. I don't <laughs> care. I'm going. <laughs> Sorry, I got intense. No, you are right. You are oh, all right. Um, so I think you flip it on me. You ask me the questions now. Oh, yes, it's my turn now. All yes. right. Again, we're appealing to anyone who is joining us for the first time. Welcome to the show. Hope yes. you stick around. Hope you watch, listen to us for future installments. Izzy, yes. Mm-hmm. what inspired you to start this podcast? Our listeners want to know. Oh, yes. So I think I mentioned this on the very first episode, but of course I'll reiterate it. What really inspired me to start this was just being a college student. You know, I'm a first generation college student who's experiencing all of these different changes, all of these emotional growing pains. And I just thought to myself, there's not too many people that I know within my immediate circle of friends or just people that I go to school with that have their own platforms where they're able to speak openly and freely about things that they're dealing with. Um, and, and I just felt like I just had to be a voice because, you know, for so long, I've always felt like I've been so misunderstood and being in college, it was the same thing for me. So I just felt like I needed to do something for people to see and, or hear me on a bigger platform where they can really get a chance to know the real me besides this version of me that I might've exhibited to them or what they might personify me as. So that's what really inspired me to start this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to change the order that I originally wrote these because I feel like this is a better, this is a better transition. Is there a future you have for the podcast? Do you want this to stay here or do you have any other aspirations regarding is the biz? Oh, absolutely. As I was actually going to get into that anyway, but yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to expand the Is the Biz podcast brand beyond just the audio format. Of course, I would love to start my own YouTube channel where I produce video episodes where you guys can see me in my different outfits. You can see my guests uh, also there with me. Um, I mean, of course, I would love to participate in more public speaking events, you know, whether it be related to the podcast or maybe along the lines of what I'm doing with this podcast. Uh, Definitely want to branch out and do some really big things as far as like merchandise, like just really promoting the brand more, having people support it, you know, physically. Um, And of course, you know, maybe have this be somewhat of a catalyst um, to different things like acting, screenwriting, filmmaking. Um, Who knows? One day I might end up having like my own radio show or talk show. And I can say it all started with this platform right here. So, yeah, those are just some of the things that I, you know, envision with Is The Biz. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Can't wait to see it. Yes. Okay, like I said earlier, I'm going to get a little deep. So <laughs> let's just dive right in. Has this podcast been a good way for you to talk about your feelings, things that you've been going through in your personal life, things you've been going through academically? Has it been a good way for you to digest and process those? Absolutely. I mean, that too is another reason why I started this podcast because I know if people were to really hear my story, the things that I've experienced in my life, it'll provide them with a clear understanding of who I am, not only as a podcast host, but as a human being more than anything. You know, there are certain things that I've, you know, gone through, you know, as far as bullying, you know, bad friendships, uh, family dynamics, just so many different aspects of my life. I've just experienced so many different emotions. And I feel like if people can really hear and even see how it's um, 
like how how, how it's kind of like made me feel throughout the years, you know, it will definitely be a way for people to understand me more. So uh, I would say absolutely. This podcast has definitely been a great way for me to relieve myself from a lot of, you know, what I've been through. But of course, I haven't really spoken too much about a lot of the things that I've been through uh, to a large extent, but I will, you know, throughout the midst of this podcast. I'm glad to hear it. Okay. Stepping it up a notch. What are some fears that you have creatively in life? What are you feel? What are you fearful about? I fear living a life where I choose comfort over really being able to put my best foot forward in doing what it is that I want to do, not even just professionally, but just personally, whether that be, you know, pursuing my career in acting, um, any other aspect of the entertainment or filmmaking industry, you know, being able to really develop strong relationships with other people, uh, whether it be making new friendships, new partnerships, relationships. Um, I don't know. I guess the biggest, like the biggest fear that I have is just living a life that I chose to settle for instead of act, actually actively going out and pursuing because at the end of the day, it really is on me. No one can guarantee me a great life. I have to be willing to give that to myself. Awesome. So, I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Right. Last question. It's don't worry, it's a bit lighthearted. So we're not going to mm-hmm. tell the end on a more introspective note. Okay. Most embarrassed you've ever been? Most embarrassed I've ever been. Hmm. I've I've been embarrassed a lot. I've definitely been embarrassed a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a specific moment that I can say. I would just say embarrassing as in, I guess, the bullying that I've suffered from, that's very embarrassing to a certain degree. That's the only thing that I can, I can really think of. Mm-hmm. All right. You did it. You survived my five questions. <laughs> And as I mentioned, I have a bonus question for the both of us for this segment. So um, what do you enjoy most about being friends with me? (laughs) I enjoy how encouraging you are Mm -hmm. when it comes to the things that I want to do. And I also just admire your dreams, your capacity to dream. It seems like there is no limit with what you want to do Uh and being able to witness that and seeing what you've done. Like you started a podcast, Mm -hmm. which is hard to mount and you did it. And now here we are opening season two. Wow. Uh, Thank you for that. What I would say I enjoy most about being friends with you is uh, you just have a very, like, like kind of like what you were saying earlier, like you're a very optimistic person. Like you have a very bold outlook on life, um, almost like have this childlike spirit, like a lot of those childlike qualities haven't left you yet. So I, I, I think, that's also a good thing because you need people like that around that can still have fun. It can still maintain a certain innocence about themselves. Um, and I would just say, even from the very beginning of us being friends as far back as sixth grade, just whenever I was going through anything, you were always there to like really pick me up and just say, Hey, you know, don't listen to these people, you know, like we're all trying to find ourselves basically, but don't let the negativity fester onto you, you know, just keep moving forward. Um, and you just, you just always just been a really great ride or die friend. So 
that's what I enjoy most about being friends with you. <laughs> my my laptop's a bit too close. So if I yeah, push it back, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I think the next question that I want to ask this is outside of the segment. This is back to you know the regular episode. So, what would you say has been your favorite episode or moment in the podcast thus far? It's just popped in my head. Probably when we got to talk with Ethan and Vishroot. Oh, yeah. I was a bit nervous because I know Ethan and... He's, he's a nut. He's a nut. He's a nut. And the thing is, like, I only know... I've only known him for, like, four years in high school, but I know our friend Jordan has known him from high school and also, like, middle school. So... Who knows what else? Who knows what Jordan has witnessed? Exactly. But well, yeah, that, that was a that was a, that was an amazing episode. Yeah, one like the I think it's like the only episode where I really didn't talk much. Mm-hmm. I was really just listening because yeah, we had a we had a get we had our guests on so, yeah. and they were able to basically speak about their perceptions of you know men. And vulnerability. So that was actually the last episode we did. So you guys should really check that out. Definitely a top tier episode. Um, I know I definitely want to answer this next question. Or should I mention my favorite episode or moment? Yeah, why not? What would you favorite episode? Yeah. Um, I know I definitely enjoyed the episode you and I did on friendship. That was one of my favorite episodes. Um, I like the episode that we did um, after that. It was right before the episode we did with Ethan and Vish. And we were talking just about, you know, school, talking about life, relationships, you know, those different interpersonal dynamics. And, of course, the episode we did with Ethan and Vish on vulnerability. And next question, what would you like to see happen for the show? Uh, I mean, I know it's my show, like it's my name on it, but I guess like, you know, from your, uh, from your perspective as a series regular, as a friend and as a, I guess, supporter of the show, like, what would you like to see happen, whether it be pertaining to the show or even far beyond the show? I want to see what other guests we can potentially get in here. Oh, yeah. I would definitely like to see who else we can talk to. Oh, you yeah. Know, I pitched a couple of people. I thought of another one while I was sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, just seeing who else we can invite onto the show to talk about things. Just have a good time. Yeah. Because the thing with that is, like, I definitely want to bring on more guests, um, especially pertaining to our personal and professional interests, you know, with filmmaking or any form of creativity. And also, if I can, given that I am, you know, officially an alumnus of Georgia State now, I can see about invite, (laughs) I can see about inviting like more students and faculty and staff, as well as professors that actually work there. Um, I guess in correlation to whatever topic that I choose for whichever episode. Uh, So, yeah. And of course I do have a few big things in store that I'm currently in the works of. Uh, One includes like a really big event. I can't give too much away, but I'm definitely in the process of planning something very big for this here podcast. So who's to know? You might might see me at your school soon. Who's to know? But um, yeah, and I think something that I might try to implement a little bit more this season is probably doing some more solo episodes. Yeah, I, the only time I ever did one was the first episode, yep. my very first episode, and. 
I was just like, eh, do I want to keep doing solo episodes or do I want to bring on more guests? Because the thing is, even though it's my name on the show, I don't want it to just be about me. I also want to bring other people, like my close friends, people that I know can provide, you know, a unique perspective to whatever, you know, topics get brought up. So I kind of wanted to make it somewhat of like a, a friendly family affair, I guess you could say. So, yeah, um, I might might start implementing more solo episodes. But that's going to be kind of tough to edit because it's just going to be me. (laughs) Why, when I said family affair, that that was the first thing that came to my head. Wow. (laughs) Well, um... Uh, I guess this for this episode, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, new and returning listeners, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Also have it added on some new platforms, including iHeartRadio and Odyssey, so you guys can check it out there. Um, and if you guys have uh, Apple products, which I'm assuming... Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry, Um, which I'm assuming a lot of you guys do. You guys can leave a positive review on there, a a written review uh, to get continue getting the word out and just letting as many people know about the podcast and further spreading awareness on the Is The Biz brand. And just like that, catch you on the next episode.